1: live just a bit outside from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles Major
0: League would not be as great a movie. This
1: is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Susie Schuster
0: without Bob Eucher,
2: Dynamite drop in money That broadcast school has really paid off.
1: The Rich Eisen Show earlier on the show. Pro Football Hall of Famer Michael Irvin. Emmy award winning actress Laura Linney from ESPN Jeremy Schaap. Coming up War Warriors head coach, Steve Kerr, plus Stephen A. Smith. And now, it's Susie Schuster.
3: Let's see the hip thrust. Come on, TJ. Wow. That's not bad. Not good either. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Oh, God. God. Make it stop. Make it stop. Wow. That was not good. Make it stop. Susie Schuster in for my... Of course, said trying to do that. I'm not sure what we call it on the Rich the Eisen Dak show, dance. huh? What? The dance. The Dak call, He's doing the deck. He's doing the deck. the dac. Hi, everybody. Hey, Susie, what's happening? Chris Brockman, great to see you. To Mike Tufo, always hey, love being with you, my old friend. Yes. T.J. Jefferson, I love doing the show with you. It's thank exciting you, you. to be on the set with you.
4: Is it because I sink putts?
3: No, it's because you're awesome.
4: <laughs> That's true. That's. The you're one it is for true. three today. Exactly. Like, like, calm like, down. Well, yeah, what
3: do you think? You're Tiger Woods at this
4: you point. No, Monday I was three for three, Susie. Nobody even mentioned it.
3: It's a lot of pressure what when have I'm all upset. I, really? I get it. I get it. You feel the need to... Uh, yeah, I step know. my
4: game up a little.
3: Noonan. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I get it. Step big game up. Great that's show a, so far, job. Michael Irvin, Laura Linney, Jeremy Shap. I mean, that's a solid first two hours. As we enter the third hour on this Thursday edition for of sure. the Rich Eisen Show, Steve Kerr up ahead of us, and Stephen A. Smith. Because I, when I book these shows, I like to come strong.
4: <laughs> come correct like or don't come at all.
3: Or I'm not coming at all. What are you insane? I had to get up at five in the morning for this. <laughs> TJ, I'm excited Listen. to do movie lines with you. Oh yeah. Because I'm ready for tomorrow. I have a little special treat for mine. Oh, I'm just okay. Saying.
4: Oh, are you bringing in an actor to? Yeah, you're bringing in the actors make, to portray to the, say lines. the lines. <laughs>
3: there, there may be something. There may be a little something special.
4: Okay, she's gonna outdo us. But again. you're going oh, to geez. have to
3: watch tomorrow. Yeah. The Rich Eisen show.
4: Same bat time. Same, same bat time.
3: Same bat channel. You're gonna have to watch tomorrow to see what my movie lines are and what I bring. We also have Shaquille O'Neal on tomorrow. We have Doc Rivers calling in. Maybe another guest or two. I'm just saying. Let's keep it special here. Yeah, why not? So, TJ, take over. Let's go. You're on. You're oh, on. Uh, you're on. I want movie lines, what? and I want to guess them. Oh, on.
4: okay. Do we have some mu- music here, Michael? Okay, so we're doing this movie line game, and, you know, I was kind of, like, torn. Like, do I do the movies that I really love, or do I do the movies that, like, you guys, over the last six years of the show, have kind of, like talked about all the time and all the fans like so i was kind of stuck between the two so i decided to go half and half on this all right that's fun so all right we're gonna kick this off let's go number one movie line is i'm gonna give you the line and then i'm gonna give you a little leading up to the line as well okay so the line you fumble the football and i will break my foot off and your John Brown hind parts. Oh, I know this and one. And then you will run a mile.
5: Yeah, I know it. Do you want me to say it or do you want me to wait? Uh, you can go ahead if you know this one. Remember the Titans. Oof.
4: Ding. Kurt Boone. Yes. Very good. Did you know that one, Michael? No. No? Okay. All right. Number two. See, I grew up with these guys. I can't play all that I can play. I've passed them as musicians.
3: Whoa.
4: Susie, any idea? Absolutely none. Okay. Again, so no once idea. again, see, I grew up with these guys. I can't play all that I can play. I've passed them as musicians. But the more popular we get, the bigger their houses get. The more responsibilities, the pressure, you know, it's harder. It makes it harder for me to walk out on them.
6: Straight out of Compton.
5: No? No. Ooh, that's what I was going to say. No, it is.
4: We're all around movies. Or, I mean, sorry, music, because we're talking... Definitely music Yeah
5: It's not Queen
4: Bohemian Rhapsody? No No Anyone? Who's the actor that said it? Is this that going to give it give away? away. This will probably give it away Alright it, it has, has to, to do with music Yeah it has to do with music About a band About a band And they're not a real band either
5: Oh, oh. oh. Tap no.
4: Almost Famous Almost Famous Russell Hammond, yeah. almost famous. Yeah. <laughs> good job. Still Stillwater. Stillwater. Fever That's a good Dog. One. I was bumping Fever Dog this morning, getting ready for work. <laughs> scratching That's at, at dog. my back, though. All right. Number three. Sit down, boy. Grab yourself an egg roll. We got everything here from a diddle I Joe to a damned if I know.
5: TJ's got us on Ooh, this one. TJ. Yeah.
4: Okay, and I'll give it again. This one's in character a little bit okay go ahead sit down boy grab yourself an egg roll we got everything here from a diddle eye joe the damned if i know <laughs>
3: <laughs> not hootie tang a- no.
4: <laughs> is it the last dragon not the last dragon that's a movie uh, i'll say were, this christian slater is in this movie
3: oh, oh god this is not helpful
4: <laughs> oh it's uh true romance dang drexel oh, yeah. gary oldman <laughs> true romance my man Brockman, Woo. Gary Oldman plays that character. Yeah, by the way, that's what I yeah. just said. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, number four. I'm trying to impress you. You know that. Well, the secret is you got to coordinate. Oh, I know this. Come on, Mike. All right. Oh, I know this. Do so, it again, TJ. Oh, All right, say Mike, it come again. do it again. You ready? I'll do it again. I know this. I'm, I'm trying to impress you. You know that. Well, the the secret is you got to coordinate. You see, most people don't coordinate. You got to coordinate. Coordinate. When oh my God. When you see me, you saw the mushroom shirt. I noticed. Bang, mushroom shirt. But see, you can't stop with the mushroom shirt. You got to go on. Is left. it Boomerang? Oh, Del oh. Tufu. Del Tufu. I know that. I, that's a lot lyric in a song, too. That's I why. love yeah. it. Oh, yeah, because it's ludicrous. It's yeah, a that's ludicrous right. song. Yeah, song. That's, that's exactly where he stole Well done, Mike. All right, here we go. I got two more. All right, let's do it. Finish strong. You know, there's a God who sits on high and looks down low. Man cannot make it like this. All right. All right one more so time. So now now I'm going to give it to you in character. One more time. You know there's a God who sits on high. And looks down low. Man cannot make it like this. Larry Flint, Hugh Hefner, <laughs> they can take the picture, but they can't make it. Only God up above, the Hugh Hefner on high, can you, make you do it for it. you. <laughs> like,
5: like, no you do it. <laughs> like you do it. Like you do it.
4: It's coming to America. <laughs> Reverend Brown. <laughs> is that,
3: is that <laughs> it? Is that yes, it? I knew exactly.
4: <laughs> well the God up above. Do you have to go oh. Oh, <laughs>
1: By the way, that was a
4: great, great
3: take. It really was a good
4: one. Alright, so <laughs> lastly, okay. From here on nothing goes down unless I'm involved. Nothing
5: goes down. Right, do it again. Right, do it again. Now I'm gonna do give it, it, it in character, and I might give it, it away a little TJ. bit. All all right, all right. Works, that works. This is the character. The character is character. so much. Yeah, because
4: you're doing it good. From here on, nothing huh. goes down. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken Unless King I'm involved. York. King of New York. No blackjack. No dope deals. No nothing. You guys got fat while we starved in the streets. It's our turn. Hmm. Frank White. Christopher right, Walken. King yes. King of New York. Man, thank, thank you. Wow. The into best. the black Frank White. Thanks. By the way, that oh, was knew, a really good Christopher Walken. That, you know, he's well, Susie, thank you so much. You know, wow. and your husband, he has the back of a coal miner. I know because I mine coal. Hmm.
3: That's a really good Christopher Walken. <laughs>
4: thank you. I'll be here all week.
3: Did he tell you about that awful movie we watched recently with uh, Robert De Niro, Christopher <laughs> yes. Walken, Something yes. Like yes. Something, Dad? Oh, he came in the other day, and he was
5: embarrassed that that was the first De Niro movie your kids have bad seen. Bad
3: Grandpa, maybe? Something like that? But <laughs> so Christopher that was Walken was great in it. War With Grandpa?
4: Yeah, yeah. War, yeah. War, War, with, War. with Grandpa.
3: It was so bad. That was a
4: rough one. How'd I do, though? Was that fine? That was Was really good. That was great. Great Great job. Well done.
3: I had no idea what you were talking about the entire time. I can't wait for you to do mine tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. Anyway, (laughs) how about...
4: I mean, I'm impressed impressed with both of you you guys. guys, I mean, did the impressions help, though? The impressions impressions helped. The impressions helped. uh, You were dead on. The impressions helped. The coming, to, coming America to America one was, was yeah. fantastic. fantastic. I've only been doing that impression <laughs> for twenty five years now, so it's like I had to get it right. And Frank White, when you go, when you go up to oh, New well, New York, you. that's my movie, man. I mean, Mike, oh, I tell you, it's great. Your audio, this.:
3: If we were smart, and apparently we're not, <laughs> we'd be pitching this as a show to Peacock, like right now. This is a great show. It's a good game show. It's a good game
5: good show. It's a fun game show.
3: Yeah, you have celebrities do their it's thing. Basically like it's, day athletes. it's
5: basically name that tune for movies. For movies, lines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's named that tune. And occasionally you tune.
5: get the real
4: actor in to yeah. do the line and be like behind a curtain or something like the mask. Ah. Oh, you
3: mean like tomorrow?
4: <laughs> oh. oh. oh
5: Susie. I'm going to tell you guys off air what I think is going to happen tomorrow okay. with okay. Suzy. I'm not going to say it right now. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> I don't want to give you an extra idea. I want to say it when you're gone. Ooh, I'm gonna tell yeah. the guys what oh. I think is then gonna you'll happen. Say
4: it and she'll do it. That's what I mean.
5: Because if I say it now. Then if it's better than the idea that you have, which oh, probably it's not. It's not. It's so not. Then you're just going to take it. But
3: but say it now, because there's people watching this. So you can't do that to your fans and Here's listeners. Here's what I think you're going to do.
5: Okay. I think you're going to get Frank Caliendo to call in nope. and do all the voices.
3: Wrong.
4: That's a great, great idea. We'll great do idea that later. Though. Do it next time.
3: You know what? Compared to mine, it's a terrible idea.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I'm just saying. No, but, just... But, but but no di- with, with all due respect. respect. Thank
5: you. Thank Perfect, you. Perfect, Susie. Thank you me you. With At things, least Susie. all due respect me on without, that. That's without, a good, that's due a good idea, though, to get Frank to call in. That's do a great
4: idea, Chris, actually.
3: Yeah, but to Frank, it, I mean, wait till you see, to, wait till you hear oh. Tomorrow.
4: Susie, could you just, I, don't give it to me, but just let me know, is Halle Berry coming in studio? Because if so, I am like I might wear a suit, so just let me know.
3: I can't have her come in studio oh, yeah, if sure. it was Halle Berry, because mm. it's COVID. You yeah, guys are the first people I've been around without a mask in TJ, a year.
4: I feel that COVID can't, like...
3: Get in Halle Berry's way? Yeah, well, no.
4: Heat stops COVID, <laughs> and there's nothing hotter than Halle Berry's, so therefore COVID can't Enter Halle Berry is DJ, what TJ, you would take the Dr. J poster down if she was on the other side of the window, right? That'd be perfect. Oh, yeah, but there you go. Yeah, because you, know, you know why the Dr. J poster's here, right?
3: Because he posterized? Well, that too, because <laughs> that too. sometimes them hey, two
4: will be sitting there staring at me and his eyes will get real big and he'll point. And there literally would be people just with their face against, against the glass, the behind TJ. just staring. And like I'll turn and they won't move. They'll oh, just yeah. keep. And then, you can't sneak up on a kid from Altoona like that. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like an. <laughs> Full combat mode, so I decided to kind of cover it. Because so you was, don't
3: want a taxi driver behind you. Is yeah, that what's happening? Like, I get it.
4: The one dude does... And then he pulled out his camera and he started taking pictures. No, and I was no, like, no. yo, yeah. be like, Nah. So that's why Dr. J is out. Plus, he's my favorite basketball player of all time.
3: So. People are really weird when they go up behind you while you're talking on camera and they just kind of move into your shot.
4: <laughs> yeah, right.
3: It, it's not creepy at all.
4: No. I had the spider senses were tingling.
3: Yeah. I used to have that all the time. Oh, that was... Yeah, what, when you were doing... When they would make you, you know, be the girl outside and doing your live shot, and there's yeah. people jumping up and down behind you, and it people. feels really
4: good. <laughs> yeah. And the producer's like, "Get right.
3: out, get out from behind, Susie!" <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's, yeah, exactly, screaming, <laughs> screaming, yeah, get you, out. you get it? What do you?
5: Th- yeah, they're nuts behind you. When uh, they're doing that.
3: Steve Kerr's coming up next. We've got him coming up next. We have Stephen A. Smith after that, and uh, we'll get into some Last Dance. We'll get into some posterizing, by the way. Because did you see the Steve Kerr uh, uh, tweet? It must have been a tweet, right? he was talking about there's been talking about dunking in the game and i think he said he was only stopped by his ability to do such <laughs> <laughs> so i thought maybe if we were clever we should probably take steve's face and no i don't know maybe we just roll the anthony edwards or let uh, take a look at that dunk because that's, that's posterized yeah by the way, anthony edwards may be my new favorite kid
4: he's like, amazing he's, you're into this guy
3: oh i love him Did you, do, we have, stuff. do we have time to roll let's let's roll that little clip of anthony edwards please so Anthony Edwards was being asked after a game the other night um, a, a question by an Irish reporter <laughs> yeah. who asks him in the most beautiful Irish lilt you could ask. And this kid, all he, this kid wants to do is smile. Lost his mother, lost his grandmother. He says every day he wakes up with a smile on his face because he feels so lucky to play. That's my kind of kid. That, he's the kind of story that I got into sports to cover. So let's roll this, please.
5: So if you get a win tonight, that would breed confidence going into those next four games against teams in the similar spots beside you in the table.
4: Where are you from, Jim?
5: <laughs> Ireland.
6: I like your accent. It's tough. Oh. I want to learn how to talk like that. But ask your question again. I was too much listening to your accent.
4: <laughs> yeah, no problem, Ant. <laughs>
3: best kid ever right It's days Damn, after that posterizing dunk he, over Watanabe was it Watanabe, Utah yeah, Watanabe. Yeah, Utah Watanabe. Yeah. you know it's really sad the only reason why I'm, I'll remember that is because there's a designer you named got- Junior Watanabe yeah. and I'm so I won't forget that one also there aren't a whole lot of Watanabes around
4: true <laughs> and that, there aren't many dunks like that that, that have occurred there are many either. dunks like that was,
3: how, how did he do that was stupid. <laughs> he Man. just kept going he just how kept you, going how do you get up there like that
4: I have no idea at what point did you realize... Oh, oh, to be young and athletic. No. <laughs> what did I do?
3: Oh, to be young and athletic.
5: You're talking about Steve Kerr. Right? That was kind of my line when I was in school I, playing basketball. When a dunk was worth three points, that's when I'll start doing it. Right. This guy. <laughs> 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 like, I'd rather just shoot threes.
4: <laughs> hey, Suze, by the way, you know, Don just got in my ear and said, you know, we were talking yesterday about things that might embarrass Rich that oh, you're God. So... Let's talk about something real quick. Okay. Rich has always told us about, you know, how he would court you. Like he'd, you know, ask you out. You kind of gave him the Heisman a few times. Like, what kind of lines was Rich dropping on you back in the day? Just give us like one or two. I know you saved all the text messages and emails and stuff.
3: Steve Kerr coming up after the break. Let's get right to Steve Kerr after this. This is the Rich Eisen Show, and I'm Susie Schuster, who's technically still married to Rich Eisen, so I will not answer that question. Steve Kerr, Stephen A. Smith. Coming up next on The Rich Eisen Show.
0: Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee, and right now you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, During the filming of The Outsiders, you turned 18 and the other boys in the cast pranked you by trashing your hotel room by saran wrapping the toilet and spraying fire extinguishers into the room. Is that a true story?
7: Absolutely true. It was like, that was my college experience. I was eight, uh, turning 18. It would have been the equivalent of going away from home for the first time. And that's my fraternity. Those guys are my frat brothers. What a shot into that the, is into this day, across, man. Jeez, look at that. It's a good group. Look how tough Tom Cruise is trying to look in that photo. Yeah. Dude, Tom Cruise was such a baller. He was, he was, he was probably my, one of my closest friends, and he was so great, and he, I always looked up to him, and he always had these cool things that he would come up with, and I remember, he, he was the first guy that ever came up with this conceit of tightening the titles of the movies he was in to make him sound badass. Like Like what? he did this, you know the football movie, All the Right Moves? Yeah. But yeah, man, when I was making moves... I, uh, and I was like, he's That's a baller. badass He's baller He's so baller But then, you know, it was a problem when he'd be like Yeah, when I was making cocktail <laughs> It was kind of a You know, and I, I liked No, <laughs> oh. the other one's no good it was long. Yeah, when I was in tail When I was in tail, you can't do it
0: either can't way Can't do it either way, yeah. it's no good <laughs> when I was making... So you, you'd go like wing Is that what you do when you did right, no, you when, when I was doing West
7: When Marty Sheen and I were doing West um, you know, on the set of Boy, me and yeah. Chris Farley. <laughs> no, yeah, on the set of Boy, um, an Oxford Blues sets up. Uh, we just blues. See, it's
0: important to choose. If you choose the wrong one, it's not as good. It, there's it's,
7: always one that's cooler. There, <laughs> like which is, like like when I was doing Recreation, yeah, it does it. But if I'm doing no. Parks, right, instead of Parks, you you Parks? Like, yeah, man, Amy Poehler and I in Parks, we laughed all the time. <laughs> on Parks.
5: On the set of Wayne, I was just, you know.
0: And by winning. the way, you want to talk about Tom Cruise, too. This was the fact that blew our minds when the last uh, Mission Impossible came out and he was running all oh, over London, Those right? the and best like movies a, ever. Like a, broken, a run, broken ankle that had just amazing. healed or whatever, is that he, was, he is right now the age in these movies doing this that Wilford Brimley was during Cocoon. That's a fact. That is. That's boom. Like mind blowing. That's it's, it's mind blowing. It, 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 it's. And I, I don't know what it is. What makes it mind blowing is that, that Tom Cruise is doing that at that age or Wilford Brimley was really that young in Cocoon.
7: I did a movie Wilford Brimley. He was the first great character actor I ever worked with. It was a movie called Hotel New Hampshire. What are so, we doing on that one? So when you did. Hampshire? Hampshire. No. Hampshire. no, no. Well, really? I was doing Hampshire. Hampshire. <laughs> it's better than <laughs> no. Hotel. When you did hotel. How about just when I was doing new? When you did new, right? <laughs> When I was doing new. <laughs> when I was working on new with Brimley.
3: Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster sitting in for Rich Eisen. Thrilled to be here with you all. And I want to welcome right in right away Steve Kerr, who joins us. Coach, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Hi, Susie. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm sitting here. I probably won't go home. I think I locked Rich in the basement because I just (laughs) needed to get out of my house, but nothing wrong with that, right? Steve, the guys were asking me, the guys were asking me about what was the best line Rich used when we were dating back in the day. I refrained (laughs) to answer that because I'd like to keep my marriage going strong, but what did you (laughs) use when you met Margo? What did you say to her? What, What was your best line? What was your game?
8: Oh, I had no game. Um, it's a miracle that I even w- was able to to pull it off. I actually called her by the wrong last name <laughs> if, uh, on our first date. I, <laughs> I thought her last name was Brenner. It was it was Brennan, and so I got off to a really slow start.
3: I was going to say you're lucky that you had a second date after that, <laughs> right?
8: I am. I'm very lucky that that happened. But uh, yeah, I was I was not. You know, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of game. I didn't have a lot of lines in my in my arsenal. So um, you know, I just—I think I mentioned something about, hey, have you seen my three-point percentage? You know, <laughs> something like that. You didn't
3: say—you didn't say, have you seen my dunking ability? Nothing like that. Maybe? Definitely, definitely did not say that. So there were no Anthony Edwards-style dunks in your repertoire back then. I take it, maybe now, or or I don't know, ever.
8: I might have been on the receiving end of a couple of those, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not, not Anthony.
3: No, there. It was pretty, pretty to watch. We watched in the last segment also his soundbite when he was uh, being interviewed by the Irish. I don't know if you saw him being interviewed by an Irish correspondent. That kid Anthony Edwards no. is. He 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 stopped him. He said, "I need you to say it again." I was just busy looking at his accent, and he's a perfect example of just an incredibly great young rookie. Um, that's just so much fun to watch. I'm curious about what it's like for you with rookies these days because you have so many now, and you're bringing in so many young players. How have rookies changed? Over the years that you've been involved with the NBA,
6: well,
8: I think the biggest thing, Susie, is that uh, they're coming into the league at such a young age now that um, they the learning curve is just enormous. Whereas when I first got into the league, most of the most of the rookies had played in college for several years, had, had you know played for a college coach who uh, you know really helped them prepare for the league, and, and so yeah, I, I think. Uh, 20 30 years ago you, rookies were generally more prepared to to make an impact right away and and these days they're getting that education once they get to the league and that's why the league has done a good job you know trying to build the g league and and uh, find ways to help, uh, you know help player development but all these guys are coming in just so green and so raw, I and mean, this is the best league in the world obviously so it's uh there's just a, a huge uh learning curve ahead of them when they arrive and then the whole key is you know how quickly can they get up to speed with everything that's happening in front of them
3: and what are you doing Steve Kerr to help them do such what's your technique in terms of coaching obviously it's it's working as the warriors come off a uh, win last night
8: well we we are our rookie this year uh is James Wiseman um unbelievably talented young guy um Incredibly poised and mature for, for someone who's 19 and only played three college games at, at Memphis because of uh, you know NCAA rules that that uh, that made him ineligible. So um, with James, you know, the, the the one of the big changes in the league now is that you have much bigger coaching staffs. So we have you know we have 12 people on our coaching staff, which allows us to devote individual coaches to every single guy on the team. And so we, we have a, a couple of coaches who work every day with James, uh, who watch film with him, who get on the floor uh, on an individual level, and then, of course, we have our, our team practices as well. But it really is kind of a crash course. You're just trying to you know, give, give him everything possible but, but not overload him. You know? And that's the, that's the trick. you got to find that balance between uh, overwhelming a young guy and um, you know, g- helping him along. With all the information that he needs,
3: what's it been like for you coaching during this pandemic?
8: Um, it's it's different it's uh you know we have since I've been here, you know it's my seventh year coaching the warriors, and one of our one of our big principles that we talk about all the time is joy. you know we just feel like th- this is uh, such a privilege to to play basketball for a living to coach basketball for a living you know we're we're in some of the best years of our lives as a group so you know let's enjoy it let's let's get the most out of this and you know we, we also want to work and compete and 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 that's so it's all part of it but the hardest part during the pandemic is to achieve joy because the world is suffering and families are suffering and and um so whereas in the past it, it's always been really easy to to bring a lot of joy to practice every day and to you know to, to do things on the road you know whether it's uh, team meals or everybody going out bowling or or you know to a movie just you know team organized events that can kind of bring the group together and give everybody a chance to have fun can't do any of that now and so it's very difficult to uh, lighten the atmosphere during a during a global pandemic, when there are no, no fans in the stands, but um, you know that's what we, we try to do anyway. We try to achieve, you know, some some levity and and give the guys a chance to to really look forward to something during their day. Uh, meaning, you know, coming into the gym and seeing everybody and getting some work in.
3: And I would imagine that you lean that much harder on Draymond Green and on Steph Curry to provide that kind of mentorship to the younger guys as they come along. Because you have limited opportunity to be off the court with them.
8: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and and you know every team is different um, the way uh, it's constructed, and um, and this team is um, probably has the fewest number of uh, vets that any of any coach that I've uh, or any team that I've coached. I guess last year was similar. So the last two years, you know, we just haven't had a ton of vets. Whereas, you know, first few years we had so many guys who were mentoring young players, you know, guys like Andre Iguodala, David West, Baza Pachulia. Uh, so now we have a much more, um, uh, much younger team, much more inexperienced team. And so Draymond and Steph are really carrying the load um, in terms of trying to lead and guide and, and get these guys where we need to go.
3: Before I move on from the Warriors, uh, Steve Kerr here on The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster. And for Rich, how is Clay Thompson doing? Any update on him?
8: Clay's doing great. He's, uh, he's on our road trip that we just returned from last night, and, and uh, first trip he's been on. And he, he was just great. He's got such a good sense of humor, and everybody is so happy to see him. And um, his rehab is right on schedule. You know, he's, uh, he's, I think, probably two and a half months post-surgery. So he's uh, he's out of the boot. You know, he's able to get in the pool. You know get on a, an underwater treadmill, that kind of stuff. Uh, he's doing therapy treatment every day. Um, but it's just a matter of time with with an Achilles injury. It's just you know it's going to be it's going to be a while before he's on the court. But he's really he's really progressing and in, in a good mood.
3: Susie Schuster here in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show with Coach Steve Kerr. What's your thoughts on the last dance? I, I I I guess I talked to you, but I never talked to you about that in particular. I'm curious to hear what you thought about how that documentary ended out.
8: Well, it was really fun for one thing. I watched it with my my kids, you know, who are all in their you know mid twenties now, uh, pretty much. So uh, it was fun for them because they were alive, but uh, you know didn't didn't know what was happening in 1998. So kind of fun to watch with them and and for them to get a glimpse of what what our, our life was like back then. Um, I think the, they did a great job with the documentary. They captured things really well. They, the The hard part was not seeing, uh, some guys who really made a huge impact on our team because oh, they can only cover so much in, in a documentary. But guys like Ron Harper, uh, Luke Longley were really, really big, uh, pieces and big people on our team. And, and, um, we didn't get much info on them, um, and, and I, I was disappointed for them just because it, it really is you know, it's a nice thing for all of us to be able to look back on um, you know, as teammates uh, you know, 23 years later, and I wish there had been a little bit more on those guys.
3: I thought that was surprising, too, because when I covered the Lakers and Ron was there, I saw how close he was with Phil Jackson, so I was actually shocked that he didn't play a bigger role there.
8: Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons Phil brought Ron to L.A. to the Lakers was because of the impact he made on uh, the Bulls, and uh, and Ron was, you know, he was kind of the the uh, the other attack dog in our defense. Um, you know, that's what our, our uh, coaches used to call our our, our defense the, the Dobermans. You know, they Scotty, Michael, Dennis, Ron Harper. I mean, those guys were uh, they were just a wrecking machine. Um, they could. They were all just long and athletic and strong, and they could switch and guard anybody on the floor. Really, um, kind of a modern defense, you know. But it was one of the first versatile defenses—the kind of thing you see now like, that we've had, for example, with the Warriors. You know, with guys like Iguodala and Green and Clay Thompson, Durant. You know, all these uh, long, active, rangy defenders at, at one time on the court. Bulls were, in my mind, were really one of the first teams to ever uh, present that kind of defense to an op- uh, to an opponent, and uh, so Harp was a huge part of that. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I think all of us, you know, as we called each other and you know, staying in touch with guys, we 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 all sort of had the same sentiment that uh, man, this is great, but uh, too bad Harp and and uh, Luke Longley aren't aren't more. Um, Involved with this because they, like I said, they they played played huge roles.
3: I have to ask then, what was the conversation like with Michael with Michael Jordan after the he punched me, I punched him segment that aired on The Last Dance?
8: Well, we have not spoken since since The uh, Last Dance came out. I haven't talked to him probably in a year or so, um, just because that's you know it's kind of the the routine. You know, we maybe we see each other and. In Charlotte, you know, when the Warriors play there, or maybe at a golf tournament or something. But um, you know, so we haven't we haven't really talked. But um, at the time um, <laughs> when all that stuff was going on, that was just uh, it was a big part. And I think the uh, I think the documentary covered it a little bit. A big part of playing for the Bulls was you had to you had to stand up to Michael's um, presence and uh, intimidation. You know, it was just. Part of the way he tested everybody, and um, and you know if you if you stood up to it, you were good. So that's basically what happened with us. You know, he he pressed me, and I stood up to it, and we were we were good after that. And and uh, he he trusted me after that, and so kind of uh, you know an indoctrination, I guess.
3: And Michael said that he felt bad after that, and I'm curious. I wonder if in a way that gelled your relationship. Could that have been? the impetus to turning that around you said, you know, that he reached out to you afterwards, Phil's Phil has gone on the record saying that he felt bad about it. You felt that you had to stand up to him. So Mm. in a way it could have been a turning point.
8: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, And that's, I think that's the, the, uh, the the thing that's really maybe the, the most uh, unique thing about uh, that team and about Michael's leadership style was uh, that, you know, there you, you either you either passed the test or you didn't. You know, he, he put a lot of pressure on people. And and it was not light and enjoyable. You know, every day we practiced we practiced a lot harder uh, back then than we do today. Um and and I'm not I hope I don't just sound like the old guy, you know, who's saying, Oh things were tougher back in the day. It was just more the style, you know, you and, and you had more breaks where you might have three games in four days and then you'd have Three days off, so you'd get two really good days of practice. Um, today it's pretty much game day off, game day off, and, and most of our practices are really uh, pretty light. So back then you scrimmaged a lot, and um, you know Michael would go so hard in those scrimmages. He just set a bar that was incredibly high that everybody had to live up to, and it was one of the reasons our team was prepared, you know, every every year in the playoffs because uh, he set that tone every single day.
3: You think the NBA, and we have one more minute with Steve Kerr before he goes back out to blow the whistle. Is the NBA better or worse for the change in the in the aggressivity of those practices?
6: Uh,
8: boy, that's a good question. Um, I, I I do think we. I know every coach feels great about getting a couple of days of practice in, um, but the trade off is that. You know the league has figured out, along with the players, um, over the last few years, that uh, you know playing playing six games in nine days is not healthy, and that's what we used to do, and and that's what gave us the practice days because then you'd have this three or four day break, you know, so you take a day off and you have like two great practices. Those great practices were really beneficial back in the day, and I I, I would love to have that. Uh, with our team i think you can make really big strides you know with great practices during the middle of the season but the league has done a great job of you know, not stacking these games together and having the players health in mind and so that's why we we our schedule is so different and now we pretty much just play every other day and, and it's much healthier it's uh, coaches miss miss the practice time but um we're also getting our, our star players who are accumulating all those minutes, we're getting them more rest in between games and not stacking up those back to back. So it's just uh, the compromise that we're, we're dealing with.
3: Steve Kerr, thank you so much for d- taking the time to join us. I know you're in between meetings and the like, but it means a lot for you to do so. So thank you again for your time.
8: Susie, great to talk to you. Say hi to Rich. And uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch.
3: I don't think you have You been on the show with Rich before? I don't think so. Yeah, good. Let's keep yeah, it that he, way.
8: He, sh- he shirked me years ago. and I don't, I don't know what, what I did to make him mad.
3: Oh, no. He's That's just jealous. That. He's just jealous that I have your number. No, 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 no. This, this is all about me one-upping him in the booking department. Downtown. Don't be worried. Right. Steve, Perfect. thanks we'll again for your down. time. We'll talk soon. All
8: right. See you later.
3: Bye. The great Steve Kerr, by the way, shirked him? I don't think so. He's <laughs> dying to get him on the show. But I showed up. That I got him. Hey-o. Whatever. Stephen A. Smith coming back after this. Stephen A. Smith joining us on the Rich Eisen show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. See you on the other side of the break.
0: You said how Aaron Paul, you were thinking of killing off his yeah. character by the end of season one.
2: The original idea was, you know, you always got to come up with a great season ender. You, you want a cliffhanger of, of an episode to keep folks watching uh, next year. And, and my thought early on, before I even met Aaron, before we cast Aaron, uh, was, was to have this young guy, uh, former student of, of Walter White, played by Brian Cranston, Uh, give Walt his entree into the business, sort of show him the ropes of criminality. Uh, And then, at the end of that first season, that character, Jesse Pinkman, would get horribly killed in some very cinematic, graphic way that I never quite nailed down. But he would be murdered by some rival drug dealers, and Walt would feel very guilty, and then he would seek revenge, and that would propel us into season two. Then I meet Aaron Paul, and I cast this young guy, and he's fantastic in the role, and he's such a sweet guy to boot. He's just a wonderful guy, that I think we're probably shooting the second episode, and I was hanging out on the set uh, with him, you know, sitting in those chairs near the monitors, and and I just make a conversation. I say, you know, I was gonna kill you off. That was the original plan. He goes, what? He gets gets (laughs) all really nervous. He goes, what what are you talking about? No, this is a good thing, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I tell him the story I just told you, but he's not hearing the compliment contained within he's just thinking oh my god I might get killed off and I told this story to Brian Cranston I think he wandered by uh, as he as he's hearing the tail end of this and he he was relentless for the next six years he'd get every time he got a script for a new episode before Aaron did he'd look through and he'd read it and then he'd go up to Aaron he'd say buddy and he's put his start massaging his <laughs> shoulders it was it was uh this next one it's at least you're going to go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, it never got old because Aaron, God bless him, his eyes would just go wide like they in the headlights. Well, because anything could happen on this show. Well, and yeah. that was
0: what was such a great thing for me, consuming it, watching it, is you just really never... New. I, I see something off camera. I'm wondering what what
2: oh, that, yes. that what what
0: what what is that?
2: Did you bring this? I, I did indeed, and this is a gift for you and your studio. No way. This is uh, for for uh, this is of course uh, uh, the character of Gustavo Fring, uh, played by the the amazing uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh-huh. And this is this is him post uh, spoiler alert. This yeah. is <laughs> this is him That's post a uh, bad g-
0: moment in the nursing home. Well, very a, bad moment in the nursing very home.
2: Very bad moment and a wonderful artist. Uh, this was part of a uh, an art show we had a couple of years ago, where, where uh, artists uh, who were inspired by Breaking Bad came up with various uh, artworks, and this is this is one of them. I love gonna, this one.
0: We're gonna put this on the wall. Oh man, thank you. You will always have a place here, Vince.
3: Welcome back to The Rich Eyes and Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eyes. And let's get right to Stephen A. Smith, who's on the phone. And Stephen, thank you for taking the time to come on. I know you just got off the air and you're hopping right on with me, and I greatly appreciate it.
6: No problem, buddy. How are you? How's Um, everything going?
3: It's good. I'm shaking off the rust. You know, it's been a year since I sat in the chair, so I have to get used to things, not blow through breaks and the like. But, you know, we're so far so good. They haven't fired me yet.
6: It's no rush. You can handle it. They haven't fired me yet, it. so it's good. Stephen, I've, known you, I've known you for years. You can handle
3: it. Trust we've, we've been friends could. for 20 years, so uh, and that's a long time in this business. Stephen, what <laughs> is happening in Seattle? What is going on? Um,
6: listen, Russell Wilson's tired of getting beat up, tired of getting hit too much. And, you know, according to the reports, he met with them before a game uh, this season, and he was summarily dismissed when he made suggestions on what it would take to improve the team, and to prevent him from stop getting beat up and hit too much. And they ignored him, and he stormed out of the room. And, and you know, one of the things that I repeatedly state on, on many occasions, Susie, is this. This is America. And the reason why I say that is because people want to act for everybody. It doesn't work that way. That's just fool's gold. The reality of the situation is that people who are special and make significant contributions – hold more value than those who don't. And you can summarily dismiss some rookie or some marginal player or somebody that's a bench warmer or somebody that doesn't produce for you exponentially. But when you have a superstar like a Russell Wilson who's never had a losing season in his nine years as a starting quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, who went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, who's won a Super Bowl championship, who's carried the franchise on his shoulders, you know, pretty much for the last five or six years. It's one thing for you to go in a different direction in terms of not, you know, really absorbing his suggestions. It's another thing entirely to make him feel like he's being dismissed and you're devaluing his input. When you do something like that, and then you ask those great players to go out there and be great, it's significantly tougher because they've got to peel from someplace different to be inspired enough to perform to the degree that they're accustomed to because now they're saddled with, you know, salty feelings about playing for you because they're not just producing for themselves, they're producing for you, making you feel like you're right and you're bigger than what you are when they know in their hearts you don't deserve that. That's a difficult situation, and you've got too many organizations, not just in the world of sports, but beyond, that want to treat folks who are stars like they're just marginal contributors. And that will always come back to haunt you.
3: So read me the tea leaves, Stephen A. Smith. What happens? How does this end up? What do you think is going to be the end result?
6: I think that Pete Carroll is smart enough not to trade an all-world place. I think the only way Russell Wilson ends up being gone is if he demands a trade and he makes it incredibly ugly, leaving them no choice but to move in a different direction. I don't see him being that kind of guy. I think he's the kind of guy that is class personified, and he's very, very big on not really you know, doing something like that. That's how I view him, but I just don't know how it's going to end up right now.
3: So how do you spin that around then for Deshaun Watson and the situation with the Texans, with what he's trying to do? Because he's a class act, he's a good kid, and he's just trying to get to a place where he wants to play. But have you ever seen anything so strange as what's going on right now in Houston? In any well, sport? I got to
6: tell you, what resonates with me in Houston is that somebody did something to Deshaun Watson. Um, less than a year ago, he signs. what is it, a four-year extension? 160 million, over 100 million guaranteed. And then all of a sudden, he's like, get me the hell up out of here. Someone did something to him. That's not about football. Because the reality is, is that when he got that contract, they had lost in an AFC divisional playoff game to the Kansas City Chiefs, where they had a, either a 17 or a 24 point lead, and Kansas City proceeded to score 41 straight points. And the dude was still happy to be there, happy to sign for his contract, tearful that the organization trusted him so much and grateful to them. And then in this shorter period of time, he's completely done with them. Somebody did something to that man. I'm convinced that they lied to him. They did something because there's no way on earth that you switch from feeling that way in one season knowing that parity exists in the NFL, knowing that you can go from a has-been or no-good team to a conference championship game in one year. There is no way on earth that he's taken this position unless something on a very personal level happened with him and a hierarchy within that organization where he said, let me get the hell out of here. I do not appreciate how they're treating me, and I'm not standing for it. It's the only thing that makes sense.
3: The only thing that makes sense, I think, is what you were saying. So, Stephen A., are you saying that you believe that he's played his last snap for the Texans?
6: I can't say that because he's not the only one with his rights. He can refuse to play and sit out the season. And if he does something like that and he's serious enough, Susie, he'll be gone. But the Houston Texans are adamant that they're not moving him, so much so that they're not even returning phone calls from people who call to inquire and to make offers They're steadfast in their position. He's not going any damn place. They're not letting him go. So, to me, Deshaun Watson, if he's going to be gone, it's because he's so serious that he has convinced them that he is willing to sit out the entire season in in order to get the hell up out of there. That's the only way. And if he's willing to do that, they'd be absolute fools to hold on to him because why would you want a quarterback who's hell-bent on moving on? That makes no sense. It's counterproductive. And regardless of their stupidity, because clearly they did something stupid to alienate such a superstar talent like him, it's hard to believe that they would be stupid enough that he's willing to sit out the season and they still have hold on to him. But you just never know. With some of these guys, you know, they have the mindset, organizations that is, that you know what, you're not going anywhere. Now somebody's going to have to tell me, even though it's a different situation because J.J. Watt was there for years, Deshaun Watson. You're hell-bent on telling him he's not going any damn place. But when it comes to J.J. Watt, he calls. He walks into your office and asks you to let him out of his contract. And you say, okay, we appreciate your years of service. No problem.
3: This makes Somebody it, has to explain that. Yeah, this makes it the strangest and most expensive game of chicken I can ever remember.
6: That's right. Right? That's right. And I, I don't know what to make of it, again, because I don't cover the Houston Texans, but I do find that to be a tad bit odd. That you are so, I mean, just letting go of JJ J. Watt with no problem. But Deshaun Watson wants out, and you say, The hell with what your feelings are. We, we, we're we keeping you against your will. I find that to be a bit interesting.
3: Somebody's going to send Brian Gumbel in there because this is a real sports story. It's very, very strange. Yes,
6: it is. Right? And he's the best. Am he's I the wrong? Best. Brian Gumbel's my guy, he's the best.
3: Stephen A. Smith here on the Rich Eisen show. Susie Schuster in for Rich. Who do you think wins the NFC East this fall?
6: NFC East? Hmm. I would say to you the Dallas Cowboys because I think Dak Prescott will come back. I think he'll be healthy. Um, they'll have to franchise tag him, and then they got until July to reach an agreement. Um, they're not that stupid to lose him and put their, you know, their season in the hands of Andy Dalton. I think they'll do something. Uh, we'll see what happens, but. I think it's by default. The Eagles situation obviously is what it is. Having to rely on Jalen Hurts now to pick Trader Carson Wentz. Uh, you've got that situation going on. And then also you've got to take a look at uh, the Washington Redskins, their quarterback situation. is up in flux. We don't know what's going to happen with that. So you've got to look at that. And then, um, you know, hey, the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley, we hope he's going to be healthy. Daniel Jones, still a question mark, huge question mark when it comes to him. Uh, so, but, but I do like what Joe Judge is doing. In every game, every single week, you see the New York Giants getting better. And that tells me something about this young coach. I think he's got a lot of promise. I'm very fond of the job that he has done.
3: Good Lord, we love your Cowboys videos, by the way. Rich and I cannot watch enough of your Cowboys videos. They are our favorite thing. We have a minute to go with oh, Stephen A. Smith. Sorry, sorry, TJ, but they are Dallas so Cowboys funny.
6: Fans, Dallas Cowboy fans deserve to be trolled.
3: <laughs> those are the greatest we have one minute left to go with you what's your, what's your thought now on LeBron I mean I was talking earlier about nothing worse than being with LeBron when he's in a bad mood and it feels a little bit like it felt two years ago but where do you see the Lakers ending up this year
6: I think that the Lakers are going to end up in the playoffs and I think that they're going to end up going home early because Anthony Davis is not 100% and I think even when he comes back I still don't believe he's going to be 100% so because of that, I think they're more of what you saw last night against Utah come playoff time than they are what they, were, what they would be with a healthy Anthony Davis, which is at the very least Western Conference champion. I don't see this working out for them this season. I think that ultimately he's not going to be 100%, and I don't think there's any way in hell they could beat the, the Brooklyn Nets without a healthy Anthony Davis. And based off of what I saw last night, I sincerely doubt they'll be able to beat a Utah Jazz team, either.
3: Real quick, who plays Stephen A. Smith in the live-action movie Stephen A.? He's back. Who plays?
6: Oh, ooh, ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a name like Jamie Foxx does come to mm-hmm, mind mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because because he imitates him with his Cleveland A. Smith act, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but, but but I would say a Jamie Foxx because okay. he can imitate me. I'm fond of the Michael B. Jordans and others of the world, but I would say a Jamie Foxx. Who
3: is Are you kidding? Who isn't isn't a fan? I'm a fan. Of course. I'm a 48-year-old woman. Of course I'm a fan. Uh, Stephen A., thank you. You came off three hours of TV, and you still came on the show with me. I do appreciate it, my pal, and I appreciate you coming through.
6: No problem. My pleasure. Take it easy.
3: We'll talk soon. Stephen A. Smith here on The Rich Eisen Show. Go. What do you think, guys? I mean, Michael B. or Jamie Foxx?
5: Jamie Foxx was someone we did not mention pre-show when we were talking about this. And the more that I think about it, I think Jamie Foxx might be the perfect person to play Stephen A.
3: I think he might be Stephen A. (laughs)
4: <laughs> have you ever seen him in the same room yeah no 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 who would
3: you want no, for yourself tj no. oh for me yeah who, who would play tj jefferson
4: i mean michael b jordan i'd want yeah why not i mean he'll look anything like me but i mean
3: <laughs> <laughs> that commercial was it apple or, or cadillac whatever what the commercial was during the super bowl oh where yeah it's like
4: i just saw him at, i fast forward a lot but he was in the bathtub with a woman at yeah. one point and she was reading her tweets or, or Text message? Was yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Oh she, she was, was like,
3: just happy to be there.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Del Tufo, we have a minute to go. Oh, yeah. Who's your... Uh, Danny
4: DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Being older, he can play me in a heartbeat. Okay. Still, at his age.
3: By the way, I mean, please, if we ever get him in the studio, somebody put cargo pants on the man and see how that looks. <laughs> oh, no, Rockman, who do you got?
5: Matthew McConaughey, of course. <laughs> oh,
4: here you go.
1: <laughs> I would
3: have said like a Chris Evans type because he's Boston. Yeah.
5: Or Woody Harrelson. We have the same birthday. Shout out to 723. Teacher. Yes, indeed.
3: Oh. And happy birthday to Cage as well. Happy birthday to my son. My son is one today. Stay tuned for all Cage. the social
4: media posts.
3: Yeah. Let me th- thanks for asking. Who would well, play I was, me? I was just
4: about to say, who would play you? It's so.
3: all right. I'm just sitting in the host chair, yeah. but whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm just...
4: I changed mine to Malcolm Jamal Warner, actually. Ooh.
3: I think that's a really good casting. That's a really good casting.
4: Because back yeah, in yeah. the day, I used to tell girls I used to play Theo on the Cosby show. <laughs> Some of them believed The Most didn't. But so I feel like, you know. Susie, who would you want would you to buy you? Who would you want?
3: I mean, I, I guess Jennifer Aniston would be okay. Oh, okay. We yeah. have similar so hair, yeah. Yeah. Right? hair
5: going on. Right. Yep.
3: Right. No, every Jewish girl's like, Jennifer Aniston, please, right? <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow we have uh, we have Doc Rivers. We'll ask him who's gonna play Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. We'll ask Shaquille O'Neal, because that's an easy casting, right? <laughs> a couple you other guests be. coming in tomorrow, but we'll surprise you in my movie lines because you know I'm here. So thanks to everybody watching on Peacock. Thanks for everybody listening on the radio. More on Peacock after this. I hope you've had a great day taking in this Thursday edition of the Rich Eisen show. Susie Schuster, I'm back here tomorrow.